Happy Lord's Day, y'all. <laughs> I promise that's the only time I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, uh, ever since the day that we got the announcement that, or that we got it official that I was moving here, I've been planning to say that for the first weekend, the first line, every single time. Um, pay a little homage to Father Mitch. Very, very grateful for him uh, and everything he's done here over these last few years. Um, no, it's, a, uh, it's an absolute pleasure uh, to be able to be here with you, and it's an absolute pleasure to, uh, to start off this new assignment. Um, this morning, I actually had one of the most profound graces of all the things that have happened in the move over the last couple of weeks. Um, on a Sunday morning, a priest was able to wake up before his alarm clock, naturally. <laughs> Usually, uh, in my previous parish, we had a 7 a.m. Mass, and what that meant was, when you have 7 a.m. Mass, the priest has to wake up at least 5 a.m. so you can, dr- you can drink your first cup of coffee, unlock the church, put on the air condition, do your holy hour, drink your second cup of coffee, walk over to the church, and then take a shot of espresso before you start Mass, right? <laughs> but for me, it, it, I, was, I woke up this morning, it was 8 o'clock, and I had my, my alarm set for 8.30, and I was like, man, this is like heaven, this is amazing. <laughs> um, I, uh, one of the things uh, about that, like, I hate waking up. I, I am terrible at waking up. I'm a, I'm a gold medalist when it comes to snoozing. Um, I remember one year in college, I, uh, I made the mistake of scheduling a 7.30 morning class, an 8.30 morning class, a 9.30 morning class, and a 10.30 morning class. What that meant was is that whenever my alarm would go off, I would reset it and then reset it and then reset it an hour every single time, because, and then I would sleep for four hours broken and then be late to everything and just skip class, and my grades were about as good as you can tell because I'm not an engineer, right? <laughs> I'm a priest. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, so, but the re, I, like the, the other the other story. Um, whenever I was a kid, I remember um, we. I woke up one morning. I was probably about seven years old or so. I walked out. My mom and my dad awake. They look at me. They say, "Hey." Uh, Go look at the driveway. I walk out. Cars are gone, hole in the fence. And I looked at them. I said, what happened? They said, a car came through last night, took out my truck, your mom's car, and the fence. We had cops all over the place, and you never moved. (laughs) So like sleeping, like I said, is an Olympic sport for me, and I really, really am good at it, and I like it. Um, And waking up ends a, a good thing, and I don't like that. I think one of the reasons why, and especially when my alarm goes off in the morning and I'm so tempted to reach for the snooze button, the reason why is because I love the comfort of my bed at that time. Think about it. Usually dark house, it's cold. I gotta sleep with like blank I gotta sleep with like the fan on, the air conditioning cranked down, meaning that energy's got a good piece of my, you know, right leg getting getting given to him. Um, but like I like I have to it's it's cold, I'm rested, there's not much going on in my mind yet. It's just peaceful. The bed's comfortable and it's probably a little bit warm under there, and the second that I get up Oh, my bones are going to start cracking because I'm getting older and, and I'm going to start to feel colder and like I it just it, it I got to move from comfort to discomfort. And I really like comfort, especially that first 10 minutes of my day. Now, I'm, I'm probably alone in that, right? But I got a feeling that most of us, we like comfort, and we like those earthly comforts when they're there way more than the, the discomfort of getting out of bed or getting up from the sofa, right? 
Today, our first reading talked about how God is going to give His chosen people of the Old Testament true comfort. He is going to bless them with true comfort. But that true comfort comes in a way that they don't expect. Not like a bed. (laughs) Early in the morning. Warm. Toasty. Snuggled up, right? The, the, The comfort that God offers is not a comfort of this world and this time and in this life. It's a comfort that is of the next world and our next life. That is, it's a comfort that, that is us with Him for all eternity in heaven. That's the comfort that God offers. Which, paradoxically, means that we might have to embrace a little bit of discomfort in this world. Pope Benedict and Pope Francis. Pope Benedict once said, you're not made for comfort, you are made for greatness. And Pope Francis kind of builds on that when he was speaking to World Youth Day in 2016. He was speaking to the youth of the world and he used this image and he said, the comfort that the world has, he called it sofa happiness. And it's just like it's Pope Francis, right? That's the kind of language he uses. Like it's just kind of awkward and it catches you off guard a little bit. But sofa happiness. And he said, what is sofa happiness? Sofa happiness is sitting down. There's no movement. Usually it involves something like Netflix, just consuming, or something just scrolling, just distracted. It's just give me. It's lazy. And it very, very quickly grows dull. I don't know about you, but if you've ever like sat down and just binged like five episodes of something on Netflix like an entire afternoon and just watching TV, and then you get up and you go to the kitchen because you probably need like a drink or something, right? Like, and you get up and you start walking across the house, you just feel gross. Because the comfort of the world does not satisfy. It's not enough. Sofa happiness is a mirage. It fades away. It goes away. There's a place for rest, But whenever we abuse it, it just becomes gross and boring and dull. But God wants to give us a different kind of comfort. A comfort that satisfies. And He does it in an uncomfortable way. Today in our Gospel... What is it that Jesus is doing? He's looking at these 72 and He's sending them out to go and proclaim His message. He is getting them to fulfill this missionary call, this evangelization call to go out and to spread the message of the Gospel to anyone and everyone that will listen. Now when we hear that, we're sitting there thinking, how hard could that be? South Louisiana... It wouldn't, it wouldn't be that hard. I, first of all, yes, uh, it is, because I know like one summer, first of all, if, if that's the case, think about like at your dinner table at Thanksgiving, decide to talk about your faith. You're probably going to get some crooked looks, right? 
Especially that ant that's sitting on the corner over there that did, like, got all the problems, right? Like, everybody got one of those ants. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> but I, I remember one summer, we were, me, and, me and another seminarian, we were assigned to go do door-to-door ministry, and all we did was we walked through neighborhoods and knocked on doors and basically like, did the Mormon thing without the bike helmet, right? And we just went, do you, do, do you know Jesus Christ? The amount of times that I was told to get off of people's property in very, very colorful language is a really, it's really, it's humbling. It's humiliating even. It's hard. And if it would be hard now to do that, just imagine what Jesus, the radical thing that Jesus is saying to these disciples. He tells them today, He says, go out to the towns that we are going to go to. They have not going to, gone to these towns yet. They do not know who Jesus is. They never heard His Word. They're just going to spread a reputation about Him ahead of Him. And they're going to do it in a place where the Roman Empire is strong. Where you're going to come and talk about another cult that might be against our gods. they got political issues there. Like, under penalty of death. Sending you out like lambs among wolves. The daunting task of going do this already isn't comfortable. And then he says, oh, by the way, don't bring a change of clothes, don't bring extra money, don't bring extra food. And when you're going from place to place, don't talk to anybody. The mission of being in a disciple from the very beginning is not comfortable. But what does he equip them with? What does he give them when they go? What does he give us? Because this same mission echoes down to us today. This same mission is meant to be a challenge for each and every one of us in this church today. And everybody at the beach, and everybody in Grand Isle, and everybody that's going to be blowing up things tomorrow, right? Like, each one of us is called to listen to this mission. But God equips us in two particular ways. The first is that He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I know that, that, that might, like, that we could sometimes that, that, that language can just kind of roll off of our back like water off of a duck, right? Like it can be very, very quick to just be like, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit, yeah, that whole thing. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. God's divine life lives in you. From the moment of your baptism, matured at your confirmation, God's divine life, God Himself dwells in each and every one of us. His grace is in us, is with us, has claimed us as His own, and sends us out. God is working through you. God is working through me. When we go out and proclaim the mission, fulfill the mission, proclaim the gospel, The second way that God strengthens His disciples and sends them out is what He does today, is that He sends them out not alone, He sends them out two by two. He sends them out with a church, with a community of faith. He sends them out together. 
It says you go together to proclaim the gospel. You go together to encourage, to build up. You go together to continue the mission of Jesus Christ. Now the beautiful part is that that togetherness is something that we see here in this church right now. As we see in churches all around our diocese and all around the world, communities of faith that are walking together towards Christ and reflecting the mission out. Now, I find myself in a very, very honored space this weekend. Because the beautiful thing is, is that in walking into this new assignment, which I've been, I've prayed a lot about this over the last couple of months and, and just what it's going to look like and what it's going to be like. And, and, and wow, it's now finally here and saying goodbye to another community is hard and, and saying hello to another community is hard and just the moving and everything else, right? But the two things I keep going back to is that the church, that, that God, his, his mission is fulfilled when we're docile to the Holy Spirit and we remain together as a community. I know firsthand that the priest that, that sat in that chair right before me was docile to the Holy Spirit. That he's a good, holy man. That he prayed. That he stayed close to the Blessed Mother and to the Lord. I don't think anybody has a doubt of that. I know, I know the priest before him also, because I, I, I was here with him, did the same thing. I know the priest before him did the same thing. I know many priests over many generations of priests at this parish have done that and continue to guide this parish well. Not because of their skill or their homilies, or, but because of their docility to the Holy Spirit. And the other thing I know about this community this parish, is that the community, the family element is palpable when you walk in the door. And has been since I was a 16-year-old that could drive and was sneaking into the back pew over here to, to get away from my boring priest at my home parish. I never did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I know that the, 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 the community here is strong. When we're docile to the Holy Spirit and the community remains strong, the mission of God can't help but be fulfilled. So as we continue the good work that God has done, this isn't a time of, uh, it, it, it might be a new season, but it's the same mission. It might, it might, be, a, it might be a new priest, but it, it's, a, it, it's the same parish. May we not sat be satisfied with something that's just comfortable. Like a nice bed. Cold room in the morning. But let us strive for what's great. Strive for a happiness that lasts. Strive to fulfill the mission that God has given us so that we can reap the comforts that await us in heaven. Amen. Amen.